I had a child at, at the children's story this morning. He was here. At the end of children's story, he came up to me and he said, Pastor, would you pray for the coronavirus? And I'm thinking to myself, this story is just kind of slipping in between the cracks and the children aren't getting it. Let me tell you something. The children are all getting it. They hear you talking. They hear favorite, their favorite adults carry on conversations. They know. And I want to honor that little boy's a request. I think we ought to pray right now, don't you? Amen. By the way, I had someone who was a university student in first service came and saw me in between services and he said, you, want, you know something, Pastor? It's amazing how we do this. But we keep putting people in the hot seat. We identify who they are and then we say, you know what? Look out for them. It's an Asian student. He says, sometimes you just feel it. And I thought to myself, I said, you talking about on campus? He said, no, but he says, just society. And I thought to myself, man, it can't happen that way in the faith community, not this community. We don't isolate anybody. We, we embrace, love on the move means you embrace everybody. I grew up in an Asian country, 14 years. I love Asians. Come on. You'd be, oh. Anyway, you got the point. We just can't do it. We just cannot do it. I don't care if they do it out there. I don't care if they do it on TV or in the radio. We don't do it. We're all in this together. Let's pray. Father, this coronavirus thing, we can't figure it out. The stock market plunging. What's up with that? So, the little boy makes a good point. Instead of talking about it, we can pray about it. And so we are right now. We're praying that you will give wisdom to the doctors in every nation on earth who are racing to find some stopgap that can bring the ravages to a halt. You've done it before. You can do it again. And here we are in worship. We're all one family in worship. Let our teaching be clear, very clear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most watched videos of TED Talks in history, viewed by 11.8 million people, was... A, a, a short talk delivered by a gentleman named Simon Sinek. And the title, maybe you've seen it, the title of the uh, YouTube, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. Here's Sinek's point. He says, you have to embrace the power of why. Why do I exist? Why am I here? What's up with this? What's the purpose of my life right now? Cynic's point, you have to embrace the power of why. Because if you don't understand your why, you will never get your how right. Turns out Simon Sinek and our friend, the, the angel Gabriel, both know the truth. Until you know the why, you'll never get your how. So let's go to Gabriel. Simon Sinek, we got it. Let's go to Gabriel. Luke chapter 1. We were, just, we were there last week, but there's a line here. Oh, there's a line that I've been brooding on for a bunch of months now. I don't know if this, what this coronavirus means on the planet. I don't, know, I don't know how pieces fit. It's not for me to know, but I'm thinking more and more. If I, and I've taped this, by the way, where I have worship right on the wall. I'm thinking more and more, if we don't get this right, we're going to be here forever. 
So here's the one line that I've been brooding over. I want to share it with you. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 1. Now, Luke chapter 2 is the big Christmas story. Everybody loves Christmas. But this is the chapter 1, which is the pre-Christmas story. So something's going to happen now. A baby's going to get born. Two babies get born, one in chapter 2 and one in 1. This is the baby in 1. So let's drop down to verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. We'll find the angel's name in just a moment. Angel of the Lord appeared to him. That would be elderly Zechariah standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw the angel, I would have certainly reacted the same way, and I suppose you would as well. He was startled and was gripped, choked, throttled with fear. Why be throttled? And the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I love that. Because once you understand the why... All this nervousness about how do I pull off the how is drained away. You don't have to be afraid. The angel says, listen, your prayer has been heard. Keep reading. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Now, listen, Zachariah, are you listening to me? The man can hardly breathe. Are you listening to me? Because I am now going to give you the why for your baby's life, and it is up to you, sir, to tell this baby what his why is. And if you're a young parent, as we just had two young parents standing here, it is your mission, mommy and daddy, to tell your child what her why is, what his why is. You got to tell them. So, Zechariah, listen to me. Verse 16, here it comes. He, your baby, will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Verse 17, and he, John, will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, Zechariah has just been given this stunning why for his baby. But Zechariah, so human, does what we humans do. We don't, we, don't, we don't celebrate the why. We start asking the how. And I'm afraid it's that way in the church as well. We've forgotten the why, perhaps, but we got all kinds of hows going on. How this, how that, how, how, try this, how, 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 how. And God is saying, what are you talking about, how, how, how? I'm talking to you about why, why, why. Until you know the why, the power of why, Simon Sinek, until you know the power of why, your hows won't matter. You have to know why you exist. That's true for an institution, a congregation, and you and me as people. Do you know why you exist? I'm asking you. Why were you born? Why are you on this planet right now? There is a reason. You have to know it. Now, what Gabriel has just done is the one-line mission statement, the powerful, stunning why for John the Baptist. John the Baptist was to get them ready for, for, for the Messiah's first coming. Guess what? You came along just in time to get the world ready for the Messiah's second coming. And I'm telling you, fellow groupies watching the horizon, the evidence is mounting that Jesus is coming soon. I didn't think I'd get an amen anyway. Huh? Yeah, he is coming soon, whether you amen it or not. To make ready, let's put that on the screen, please. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's the great why. And Zechariah, bless his heart, he doesn't say, I want to celebrate the why. His first word, what's the first word out of his mouth? Look at the next verse. It would be chapter 1, verse 18. Put it on the screen for us, please. Zechariah asked the angel what? Yo, how? 
how, how, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And by the way, gentlemen, since this is family life day with a little baby dedication going on, that's how you talk about your wife's age. I'm old, but she's well along in years. That's the best way to do it. Because if you say I'm old and she's old, you may not live to be old. So just take a lesson out of the playbook of Zachariah. I'm old and she's well along in years. How? Gabriel says, excuse me? Excuse me? Did you just ask how? I just gave you the why. And you're asking me how? Do you know who I am? Look at the next verse. Do you know who I am? I am Gabriel. I am the prime minister of this universe. Do you understand there is a king? And the next highest being to the king is the prime minister. Do you understand that? You'd have to be from the UK to figure that out. But that's how it works. I am the prime minister. My name is Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And I came here to give you some good news. And you're talking to me, boy, about how? Until you get your why straight, you will never know how. I'm telling you, we are just like, well, Simon Sinek knew how to talk to us and Gabriel knew how to talk to uh, Zachariah because we're all the same, human nature. How, 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 how. We have all these hows running around and nobody knows the why. Isn't that sad? One line, could you put it on the screen for us again, please? To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Which is why, by the way, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all quote one line from the ancient prophet Isaiah. Isn't that amazing? They don't agree often, all four of them, with the same material, but they do this one. So go over to Luke chapter 3. Come on. Go to Luke chapter 3 because when you find this why, as it's expressed in Luke 3, there will be a how thrown in, and it's that how that you and I are going to kind of say, whoa, there's the how. Watch this. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 3. Luke is a historian plus being a physician. And it can happen this way. The historians, you know, they, are, they got a lot of footnotes. And so Luke has thrown in these footnotes. We'll go ahead and read them in verse 1 of Luke chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, we're talking about the big emperor, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, you've heard of him, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, we all know him, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Idurea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias is tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, here we go now, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Now, here it comes. They all, four, all four Gospels quote this line. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Hey, let's ISO that line and put it on the screen right now. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for him. You say, Dwight, I, I see the why there. The why is to make ready a people, prepare for the Lord. Where's the how? The how is sitting right in front of us. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. When you know that you have the, the why to make ready a people, prepare for the Lord, the modus operandi for the why is voice. It's voice. You have a voice. I have a voice. We use the voice. He said, ah, oh, do I? Come on. No, no, seriously. That's it. The big why. Make ready a people, prepare for the Lord. How do we do it? You be a voice. I have good news for you. It doesn't say the voice because that really makes me nervous. 
If it says the voice, I'm thinking, man, all of heaven is looking on me for this. Please deliver me from that pressure. No, it doesn't say the voice. It says a voice. Just as there was a voice before the Messiah came the first time, there will be thousands of voices, so they'll be all little a voices, before the Messiah comes the second time. You're that voice and I'm that voice. And guess what? You don't have, it doesn't have to be a voice voice. It can be an electronic voice. Listen, listen to this. I just learned this last week. I met a guy that I'd never met before in my life. His name is Bakar. I just met him last week, last Thursday, as a matter of fact. Bakar is from the country of Georgia. Now, we're not talking about Atlanta, Georgia. We're talking about Tbilisi, Georgia. It's a little country south of Russia and north of Iran, okay? There is Georgia. The Georgian language is one of the ten oldest languages on this planet. Guess what? There aren't a lot of people that speak that one of the ten oldest languages of earth. They've all died off. But there are people who have been driven out of Georgia because of political changes over the years. And they live in New York and in L.A. and in Paris. There are Georgian-speaking people all over this planet, about four million of them. Bakar came over here to go to school. He got his major in landscaping. And then he got a job in Chicago, Chicago. So he lives in this community and he works in Chicago. But Bakar has been thinking, you know what? There's, there's a why for my life. Bless his heart. He got it. The why for my life is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And he says, I got to do something. God, what can I do? Well, one of the great rules of life, one of the great tips for living is this. Find a need and fill it. That's, that's how great things get done. Somebody finds a need and says, hey, well, I'll do it. There's nobody communicating to the Georgians. And you know what he says? I'm going to communicate to my fellow Georgians wherever they live on this planet. I'm going to start a YouTube station, and I'm going to... Oh, brother, I can't. There's no literature from my faith community in Georgian. Oh, they have a little book called Steps to Christ, but that's it. So you know what he did? He He found some English study guides. He said, I'll translate these. He got his little smartphone. He put up a table in his apartment, one lamp. That's all you need. And a laptop. He's good to go. And he starts recording messages in Georgian to anybody out there that might speak Georgian. Well, how are they going to find out about this? Well, he has a little social media account, and he starts posting, hey, I've started a little Georgian YouTube station. You need to check it out. Hey, I've started this Instagram. I've started a new, check it out. And slowly, people started checking it out. Now, hold on to your pew, because he says, well, then I'm going to record some more. So he records more. And they're posted. And the diaspora of the Georgians has taken them to the whole planet. But they're all tuning in. To the place today, he has 94,000 viewers who are following and tracking his humble little to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Huh? Listen, you can be a social media missionary. He says, it says, you're going to use a voice, a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Well, you got a social media voice. Use that voice. You don't have to stand in front of 94,000 people. And by the way, Bakar never knew that this thing would explode like that. But the God of the universe who laid, his, laid on Bakar's heart the great why said, once you get the why, I'll help you with the how. In fact, would you put that on the screen, please? When you know your why, God will guide you to your how. That's the way it works. 
Wow, Pakar, 94,000. Yeah, but Dwight, I've got to tell you something. I can't speak. Well, nobody said you had to speak to 94,000 people. But through social media, you can surely speak. All you need is a smartphone, I repeat, a laptop, and a light bulb. And you can, be, you, become, you can become a voice in the wilderness of social media saying, the Lord I believe in is coming soon. You need to meet Him before He comes. You can do it. We're not talking about rocket science here. Wow, a voice of one crying out. Oh, I got to love Listen, speaking of love on the move, so one of, my, one of our members here said, hey, Dwight, I got a love on the move story for you. Well, I think this will fit right here perfectly. So a few years ago, well, this would be uh, less than three, about two and a half years ago, in September, Adamir, Adamir is thinking. Soaris, he's thinking, right here in this little village called Berrien Springs. And he goes to his wife, Abby, and he says, yo, Abby, what do you think? Could I do something like this? She says, well, you could try. So what does he do? He, he carves out an, a, a new website. He gives it a name. He says, okay, I have a goal, God. Uh, I need, what was the goal? I need 100,000 people by the end of the year. By December 26, just after Christmas, I went to check the results, and to my surprise, thanks be to God, I had reached more than 300,000 people. Ooh. And by the way, I've been to his website. It's not a picture of him talking. He's not doing any talking at all. He's pulling quotations in. He's just putting stuff out. He has other, he has other people talking. You don't even see their faces. Wow. He says, oh, by the way, it, it, because he's from Brazil. He said, I have a family reunion in Brazil that occurs every second Sunday of January. So I went to Brazil and left the campaign running. I promoted it on Facebook and, uh, you know, all the links and so on and so on. Two websites that I host. To my amazement and complete surprise, when I returned to the U.S. of A and went to check the campaign, the results were astonishing. I had reached an unbelievable number of more than 1.8 million people. Started in September. He's got 1.8 million by January. Come on, guys. The guy's not a web producer. He's sitting right here. Looks a lot like you. You can do this. Electronic voice, you can have electronic voice. And then he gets a phone call. Listen, so in March, so he got September, Christmas, January. Now in March, he gets a phone call from somebody in Mozambique. And in Mozambique, they speak Portuguese. So this guy is speaking broken Portuguese. And he says, hey, you the guy that's uh, running this thing? WhatsApp. He got, it, got the call on WhatsApp. He said, you the guy that's running this thing? He said, I am. He said, hey, yo, what church are you? Well, he says, that ought to be obvious to you. It wasn't. He said, Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, really? He starts ca- carrying on a conversation a few, week, few weeks later. Somebody else contacts him. They say, we're having a, we're having a big series in, uh, what's the name of, this, name of the city? Maputo. Maputo. And would you mind plugging it in the U.S.? You just plug it on your social media sites. Plug this new series. They had the series. Guess what? Now, they were reaching more than 4.8 million people on that website. And he writes here, Dwight, it's not a typo, 4.8 capital M with more than 458 baptisms to God be the glory. Isn't that something? You don't have to do nothing. But put up that little smartphone, get that laptop moving, hang a lamp, and if you don't want to talk, get somebody else to talk. You ought to just put text on it. 4.8 million people. 
Once you know the why, let's put that on the screen again. When you know your why, God will guide you into your how. He said, Dwight, I don't know what to do. I can't speak. You already mentioned that. But I remind you, there's somebody else that couldn't speak. God said, hey, I have a big how for you now that you know my why. God said to him, Moses, my why is to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. And Moses said, yo, forget it. I can't speak. Put it on the screen. Let's see this little breakout dialogue. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue, and I stutter. I don't even know the language of Egypt, and you're asking me to go to Pharaoh? You've got to forget it. God responds, not real happily, but he responds. And the Lord said to Moses, who gave human beings their mouths, you or me? Moses said, you did. Then God says, now go. Then I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. So this business about, well, I just can't talk to people. I'm just this little wallflower that doesn't say a word. Come on. God says, I've given you a voice, girl. Use the voice for me. You just open your mouth and you'll start speaking and I will speak through you. Don't, don't worry. Yeah, but you know what? I'm too young. Oh, come on. Uh, you know, I'm a Gen Zer, but I'm way too young to, well, Talk to Bakar about that, number one. Number two, you really too young? You're the guys that own cyberspace right now. You're not too young. I mean, Jeremiah tried that one. God says, good luck, Jeremy. Watch this, Jeremiah 1, verse 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. And the Lord says to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. So don't be afraid for them. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. Once you know your why, God will give you your how. And the how often starts with the mouth, the use of the mouth. You'll be okay. You can do it. I've been brooding on this line for a long time to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. And I'm just wondering, are we ready? Are we even doing anything about it? How can we just sit here, get entertainment on Sabbath, go home and live life the way we always lived it, and we're making no appreciable difference on this planet? You have a voice. Now, it's true. You may have a, you may have a printed voice. You may be a writer. You may have electronic voice, you, of course. You may, have, you may have a social media voice, of course. You may have just a simple voice. But the voice needs to be used. That's how communication takes place. To make ready a people, prepare for the Lord. Wow. We had a kid that was standing right here on Thursday at chapel. His name is Justin, Justin Koo. And he's using social media platform to beat the band. Now, the kid is smart, and he, I talked to him afterwards. I said, listen, would you be willing to come back here sometime? We'll just have a little training session for, for people who want to use social media for proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus. He said, sure, I'd be happy to come, happy to come anytime. He started using social media on his barber, okay? He has an atheist barber. He's using social media on him, and the barber gets baptized. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I spoke to him in a language he could understand, social media. He told a fascinating story, fascinating story. Listen, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter to God at all. You got a voice, use it. You don't have a voice, you're, you, you, you have no vocal cords, that's fine. You got this voice, do use this voice. This is your voice. Use it, use it, use it, use it. Speak for me. 
in the wilderness of this culture, cry out for me. Tell them I'm coming. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus now. Wow. How many stories do you need? The point is, put it on the screen again. When you know your why, God will guide you to your how. Don't worry about solving this whole thing. Sit down with the Holy Spirit. Take your little smartphone. You got the note, a note app on there and just write down, oh, I could do this or I could, might try this. Oh, I think I might. What do, I, what do you think, Holy Spirit? I got eight, I got eight suggestions of, of ways I could raise a voice and let the Holy Spirit just kind of say, you know what, boy, you know what, girl? I think, I think, why don't you try that one first? That's what he does for a living. He needs your voice. That's how the planet hears. Human voices. Oh, Jesus did say, listen, if, the, if you guys don't speak, I'm going I'm to have the rocks crying out. The rocks will proclaim my coming if you keep silent. Adventists. Keep calling yourself Adventist. You don't even believe Jesus is coming soon. Have mercy is right. Just quit calling yourself an Adventist. And just say, well, I don't know what I am. But, uh, you know, obviously I don't believe. Nah, don't do that. You got a voice. Use the voice for the king. So you don't want to be a social missionary. I get it. You know what? Be a student missionary. A bunch of college students, university students sitting right here. You can be a university student. You don't want to be a social media uh, missionary? Fine. Be a university student. Listen, I'll tell you whether you're, whether you're made for a missionary or a student missionary or not. I'm going to give you a little checklist, and you, you go check, check, check in your mind. Okay? Here comes number one. If you have a little adventure in your soul. Do you have adventure in your soul? I can tell just by looking at you. You have it. Okay? Check. Okay. Here comes number two. Number two. You have a heart for faraway places. Oh, come on. There's no Gen Z who doesn't have a heart for faraway places. Here's number three. You have a stomach for foreign food. And that's not Taco Bell, by the way. That's foreign food. You got a heart for that. You got a stomach for it. Oh, here's one more. And you have a spirit for becoming a missionary even for just a year. Check. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord is the perfect why for student missionaries at Andes University. Now, the leaders of this campus know... We have far too few student missionaries. I agree with them. It's not their fault. You've got to sign up to be a student missionary. They can't use conscription. You've got to say, you know what? I've been thinking about it, Dwight. I could, take a, I could take a year off. I'm getting ready to graduate this spring. I need a year just to kind of cool my heels. I want to be out where, there's, where people are in need. I'll take a year off, and then I'll come back and work on that next step in my career. You could do that. You know, it's my sophomore year. It's a perfect time for me to take a year off. I could do that, do I? It's a piece of cake. Of course you could. I've watched student missionaries go, and I've watched them come back. And I tell you what, almost to a man and a woman, they come back radicalized. Do you know what that means? I'll show you what it means. Let me put the words of David Brooks on the screen for you. One of the brilliant commentators and writers in this generation. He's just written a book called The Second Mountain, quoted extensively from it last week. But here's just one line from him. Put it on the screen for you. Watch this. David Brooks writing. I no longer believe, David Brooks, I no longer believe that the cultural and moral structures of our society are fine and, we are, and all we have to do is fix ourselves individually. Nope, nope, nope. His book is deeply concerned over the moral the, the, the moral collapse in this culture. Over the past few years, as a result of personal, national, and global events, I have become radicalized. 
It's time for Seventh-day Adventist Young to become radicalized with the great why that you've been entrusted, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We need some radical young missionaries. You can be a social missionary. You can be a student missionary. You can be a simple simple missionary. We need you. God needs you. I'm going to put this on the screen for you. Two ways that you can become a, a missionary. Number one, if you're a student... Go to Campus Ministries or text 269-281-4383. Just text them. Say, hey, I need to talk to you next week. Still one more week before they, they close off sign-up. You can do it. I know you can. So text them. Drop into Campus Ministries this next week. You say, Dwight, I'm not a student. Okay, there's another website for you, AdventistVolunteers.org. I went to that website. Listen to this. I counted them. 253 openings right now for you to serve on this planet in the U.S. and the entire planet. You want to take a year off? Your career is kind of going through a transition right now. This would be the great year to do it. Go onto that website. Don't, don't. I'm not making you commit to anything. Just go to the website. Check it out. You can sign up right there. The fact of the matter is we've all been called to be missionaries. I read this in Desire of Ages just yesterday. I'd already written the sermon and came across this line. Isn't this something? Desire of Ages in the very family the neighborhood, the town where we live, there is work for us to do as missionaries for Christ. Hallelujah. Our divine why is God's divine go. That's what it is. Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples of everybody. Come on, go for me. Go, 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 go. Jesus is coming, so we need to be going. That's the deal. It's as simple as that. To make ready, one more time, please, on the screen, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's your how. That's your why, rather. That's your why. The how is use your voice, a voice, in any form you wish. Please use it to share the good news. What do you say to that? Amen. Oh, come on. Take your Connect card out. Let's, uh, let's respond. Then we're going to sing this beautiful gospel song. Connect card. It's in your uh, worship bulletin. Pastor Riley has already taken us through the front, so we go to the back. My next step today is I want to be a social media missionary. Connect me with someone who can help me. If you are serious, put your email address on this side. We'll connect you with somebody. Yes, we will. If you want to be a social media missionary, uh, check that box. Box number two, I want to be a student missionary. Well, we've already been through that drill. Don't worry about the people standing. They're going to come and pick up these cards right now. Box number three, I want to be a volunteer missionary. I guess we've been through that drill as well. There's one more box there. Would you like to be a home missionary? Passion play is coming in just weeks. I think Easter is what, the second weekend of April? Pioneer hosts. And it's such a treat for us to be able to do this. At the end of the line, the hospitality tent where everybody that goes to Passion Play goes right to that hospitality tent. And we need volunteers. If you will put a check mark there and, a, and an email address on the other side, we will be in touch with you. And you will become a missionary, a home missionary, just reacting to people who come right out of the resurrection scene. Their hearts are so moved. We just need some real, live, loving people, love-on-the-move people who could be in that tent. God bless you.